With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Hello, my friends. Your buddy Phil here, project management trainer and coach. Welcome to day six homework. Thank you very much for those of you who have sent in comments and you've sent in assurance that this is helping you. It's always good to know that this is helping. So another piece of feedback that I want to take action on is speed up a little bit of these reviews so that you can actually get back to studying and do some work, all right? If you're new to this, don't forget to take the leader two quiz at that link. If you're looking for the book that we're using for this 40-day study, you can get it at tinyurl.com forward slash PMP immersion. And to join the journey, just go on down to projectmanagementdoctor.com forward slash 40-day plan, download the PDF and follow along. You want to use your study guide, that's great, but it would be really cool if you got the immersion book because it goes into this topic like no other book I know. It's different from the PMBOK guide, different from the sixth and the seventh, and even the Agile Practice Guide. The cool thing is it brings it all together. Let's go into questions for day six. Explain the task, build a team. This is all about putting together like-minded individuals to work towards a common goal. How do you build a team? Exactly that. Find people with similar abilities or diverse abilities, but similar thoughts. See, there's a difference there. We could have diverse skills, but we could have similar ideas and similar visions and similar purposes. The key thing about making a team gel is getting people with all of these different abilities and getting them to align towards a common goal. Because if everyone was a coder, what good is it? If everyone was a tester, what good is it? If everyone was the architect, you get what I'm saying? So it makes sense to bring together people with different skills, but they're complementary skills. And that's why we say T-shaped skills. They're diverse skills, but they're complementary. Different people, that also espouses the idea of diversity but we're bringing them together for a common purpose, a common goal. What does it mean to appraise stakeholder skills? It's like going through an inventory of skills and asking what skills does a stakeholder bring to the table? Does a stakeholder have the ability to work in this capacity? Yes, they're on the team, but what do we need to do to get them to the level that they're supposed to be? This is step one. So as you appraise the skills, you're looking through and seeing what is the skill inventory of the team? Number four, explain the term T-shaped skills. T-shaped skills are complementary skills that are on a team. We use the term T-shaped to refer to a broad set of skills, but a specialism. So think about it like this. I'm gonna draw the letter T on the screen just for the sake of this illustration. So when we think about T-shaped, think about someone with a broad set of skills, but they've got a deep specialism. So it could be, I'm good at many things, but I'm really a master of one. Or we also use the term broken comb. So broken comb means varying degrees of depth across your skill set. So it's not to say that everything's at zero. They are varying degrees of depth. And we call that either broken comb or paint drip. All right. And that takes us into our next question. 
what are two other terms for T-shaped scales? Broken comb or paint drip profile? Question six, is an I-shaped profile good for agile teams? Explain. No, this is not good for agile teams because when we talk about a team of generalizing specialists, there's no generalizing in an I-shape, right? An I-shape just means you're a one-trick pony and that's all you can do. You cannot do anything else. You can't jump in to save the team. And that's why instead of just having an I-shape, you want a T-shape, right? One of my students, Karishi, says there's no I in team. It's a very interesting play on that quote because on an agile team, there really shouldn't be an I-shape. You want T-shape. Now, there might be occasions where you have an I-shape person, but you can beef up their prowess over time. You can help them see the importance of that on an agile team. Number seven, how does one deduce project resource requirements? You, re you deduce these requirements by going through the roles and responsibilities and understanding if each team member has what they need to function in a particular role, in a particular job, on a task. So when we talk about resource requirements, before we even deduce what the skills are, we first of all need to know the tasks. And when we know which tasks the team is meant to be doing, we can from there deduce what kind of skill set do we need to be able to carry out that task. Number eight, give examples of how one could continuously assess and refresh team skills to meet project needs. So this is a constant check from the team itself in the world of Agile on a predictive project. It's a constant check of the project manager and other individuals continually asking the question, how have we improved in our skills to deliver value? What can we do to improve on our skills to deliver value? Yeah, the team is all right. They're performing. They're doing good. But how can we improve? How can we take it a level up? What skills do we need to take it a level up? Number nine, explain how to maintain team and knowledge transfer in a traditional environment. So in a traditional environment, I would expect a team to have meetings. Those meetings are forum for sharing knowledge, transferring knowledge. I would also expect some more intentionality in kickoff meetings and weekly meetings, also in a lessons learned session, and those should be held frequently. In a lessons learned session, the team can glean knowledge. They can transfer knowledge from one person to another. Number 10, explain how to maintain team and knowledge transfer in an agile environment. Every event, every ceremony, every minute on an agile team is an opportunity to do so. We talk about information radiators, we talk about osmotic communication, talk about the fishbowl window concept, talk about uh, team uh, remote pairing, uh, talk about pair programming, talk about the ceremonies or the events, the um, backlog refinement, sprint planning, sprint review, sprint retrospective. Those are all vehicles for you to transfer knowledge. It doesn't have to be relegated to just lessons learned in traditional or retrospectives in Agile. Number 11, which process is dedicated to knowledge transfer? In traditional, it is the managed project knowledge process, and the output of that is the lessons learned register. Number 12, which of the tasks are associated with building a team? Building a team is pretty much the developed team process. And that's not to say that we cannot seize opportunities to build a team all throughout a project. Number 13, briefly comment on what organizational theories exist. 
Think of Maslow, McGregor, Herzberg, Vroom, and McClelland. While these will not explicitly come out on the exam, I hope, the, main, the mindset uh, or idea behind this is useful to mastering the people domain. So have you studied those? So really super quick, let's talk about Maslow. Five levels in the pyramid. People sing lullabies every Sunday. Is a mnemonic. Physiological safety, level belonging. Remember? People sing lullabies every Sunday. Physiological, level belonging. Oh, I beg your pardon. Physiological safety, level belonging, esteem, and self-actualization. Sometimes it takes a moment for it to kick in. This is on page 56. Let me actually open up the page in the immersion book. Page 56, physiological safety, level belonging, esteem, and self-actualization. Uh, McGregor's theories of X and Y, theory X person is an impediment to the employee's morale. Theory Y person is liberating, believes the best in the employee. Herzberg is all about hygiene factors. And Herzberg says these hygiene factors are not motivators. You know, the things that motivate people are the motivators themselves, like uh, challenging work and uh, things such as that. Examples of the uh, hygiene factors could be something like salary. Now, while this is not talked about a whole lot uh, in the PEMBOK guide, we have it on page 55 of our immersion book. Um, and I'm just going to read a little bit Maslow's hierarchy of needs and Herzberg's hygiene factors are great examples of what really serves as motivation for people and teams. Herzberg's argument was that poor hygiene factors destroy motivation, but increasing those hygiene factors under most circumstances does not improve motivation. Improving hygiene factors such as salary, fringe benefits, company policies, supervision, and relationships under most circumstances is not what motivates people. However, taking them away from these people will demotivate the typical employee. What motivates people are things like achievement, recognition, the work itself, responsibility, advancement, and growth. The hygiene factors, if not present, will demotivate people, but improving them under most circumstances will not motivate people any further. And that's on page 55 of the immersion book. Uh, Vroom, Victor Vroom just says, people expect to be rewarded when they put in good work. Uh, McClellan's is a little bit different. McClellan says, uh, there are three things that serve as uh, motivators for people. And these three things are, I'm going to remember this, achievement, affiliation, and power are the three things that people are motivated by. It's been a while because I don't really teach a lot of this stuff anymore since the PMI took it out of the, uh, out of focus. Um, they just have organizational theory, but it is worth knowing what these organizational theories are. And the mindset behind these is helpful to mastering the people domain. Oh my goodness, that took a little bit, let's move on. Number 14, review the five stages of team development and Tuckman's ladder, if you're not familiar with it. So forming, storming, norming, performing, and adjourning. Know that adjourning is not desired because it breaks teams apart. After all that synergy and effort has been put into the team, not good. Number 15, which artifacts or documents are most helpful when building a team? So when building a team, you first of all need to think about ground rules that may exist in the team or maybe in the organization, and then build a team charter 
You also call the team charter a social contract, a team contract, a team agreement. So the number one thing should be a team charter or social contract. And then you could also have things like a staff in management plan in traditional, a staff release plan and things like that. What is the benefit of the skills marketplace? The benefit is you have resources right there in-house that can help with training for individuals who need it. All right, key ingredient in building a team is to find help and you got help right there within number 17. Discuss the concept of job shadowing. Job shadowing is a concept of pretty much following the person who is doing the work. So if someone's doing the work and you've got a new person on the team, uh, that individual, that new individual is going to shadow uh, the person who is uh, more experienced in the firm and uh, doing the work. And it's, it's, it's a great way of getting the other employee trained. Think about it like on-the-job training. So you're able to follow that individual closely. You're able to observe the other employee who is uh, performing uh, that role. And it's a great way of you bringing people on board in a firm without um, having to break the bank in training. You know, it's free. Just learn on the job. All right, let's move on to the next one. Number 18, discuss remote pairing. So to talk about this, let's open up our Agile practice guide and let's see if it's in the glossary. So it's basically putting together two individuals who are remote so that they can get work done and so that they can work together. So let's see remote pairing. I don't see it here. I'm going to guess it's is it on page 46. Yes, page 46 in the Agile Practice Guide. And it reads, set up remote pairing by using virtual conferencing tools to share screens, include voice and video links. As long as the time zone differences are accounted for, this may prove almost as effective as face-to-face -face pairing. So you got to just know that terminology, pairing, remote pairing versus face-to-face -face pairing. Here's our next one. This is on pair programming. So let's talk about what pair programming is. Let's see if the PMI gave us a definition. Yes, they did. All right, this is on page 153. So 153 of the Agile Practice Guide says pair programming, pair work that is focused on programming. So when you put two people together to program together, what is the advantage? The advantage is they learn off each other, but quality-wise, there's a higher level of quality because they're looking over each other's shoulder as they're working and synergy of ideas. It's exponential. Last but not least, we got number 20. What is the value of co-location? What happens when you put team members in the same place, same location? A geometric progression of synergies, of brainstorming, of ideas, especially when you've done the groundwork getting the ground rules out and getting the team to maturity, great things happen. Even for teams going through problems, when you bring them together face-to-face, -to -face, that is the best way. Remember, best way to communicate to and within a development team is that face-to-face -face conversation. And that's what co-location enables you do. All right, my friends. Well, I hope this helped you put some uh, further thoughts 
around the concept of build a team. If you are looking for additional help, don't forget to go on down to tinyurl.com forward slash PMP immersion, get the immersion book. And if you want to attend a full-on training session, just go on down to praiseon.com. That's P-R-A-I-Z-I-O-N.com. Talk to you tomorrow. Take care and bye for now.